0: On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks, quote unquote, lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves. They put up a good fight. We'll talk about that. But do the Mavericks have to trade Tim Hardaway Jr.? It's something I've been thinking about. He had a great game. But let's talk about it on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. the Mavericks NBA champions. It's good, and the Mavericks have won the game. If you don't believe, you shouldn't be here. Welcome, you were locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show, making On Mavs your first listen today. The best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, like the video, and comment anything below. Let me know in the comments section what's one reason the Mavs lost to the Timberwolves, or let me know, do the Mavs need to trade Tim Hardaway Jr. to take the next step? In their progression, do they have to make a trade for him, or can he be a six-man in a playoff run? That's basically what the Mavericks are trying to decide and figure out right now with him and with this team and everything. So I'm curious what people have to think. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I do want to get into this Mavs Wolves game because I think the Mavs, without Luca, without Kyrie, showed some stuff, and I think that they they at least played they played valiantly. They put up an effort. There was almo- it was almost a you know Cavs version of what the Cavs did to the Mavs the other night. Uh, The Mavs almost did it to the Timberwolves, so we'll talk about that. We'll get into that. And then I want to have a conversation about some of the young guys. I thought Derek Lively had uh, not a great game. He was in foul trouble, and we'll talk about him. Uh, We haven't seen Omax in one of these games where the Mavs don't have a lot of their players, or at least don't have Luka and don't have Kyrie. Uh, Why is that? Jaden Hardy did not have a very efficient game in this one. And so let's talk about some of these young players, and are we worried about any of them yet? Are we looking at any of them and saying, dang, they're not as good as we thought they were or they're not where we thought they were. But let's start here. Tim Hardaway Jr., without Luka Doncic, without Kyrie Irving, comes in and scores 32 points in this game. 11 of 19 from the field, 5 of 11 from 3. Goes to the free throw line 7 times, hits 5 of them. And he's a guy that stands out as he's, been, he's had a pretty good season this year. He's averaging 18 points a game now, coming off the bench for the Mavericks. He's been in that 6-man. He comes off the bench in this game again, even without Luka and Kyrie. Kid keeps him in that 6-man role. And the Mavs have had success with him. I feel like he has been good this year. He's leading the league in charges. He's averaging 18 points a game. It seems like he's had a better than average year. He's only shooting 36% from three, which is not like exactly where you want it. But you still look at that and say that that's a respectable number for the amount that he takes. He takes a ton of threes. And so you, you respect that one. My question about Tim Hardaway Jr. is, though, can he be the sixth man of the future off the bench in what the Mavericks want to do? My goals for what I think the Mavericks need to do is, this season, figure out what Luka and Kyrie are together. This game helped that in no way, shape, or form. And then you, get, you have to figure out who would be ready for a title run next year. Who on this roster can you look at and say, all right, we're ready to go to war with these guys. We're ready to take these guys into a playoff run and really go the distance with them. And in their roles, too. you got to figure out which roles are going to be the best for these guys. And so let's look at Tim Hardaway Jr. today. Could he be that guy, that sixth man coming off the bench? The Mavs offense with him, I think has been great. He can hit the open shot. He takes a ton of threes. It's it's just an invaluable skill. Slightly and I have talked about on many post games after a Tim Hardaway Jr. game where you just look at it and go, there's just not many players out there that can replace what Tim Hardaway Jr. does because (laughs) there's not many that do that, and so... You take the volume threes and you say, okay, that's a that's a, a positive. You take that into account, but then also, his defense has not been great. He takes a ton of charges. That's that's been awesome. His 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 great defensive skill. I think you'd call it a skill in today's NBA. He learned it at Michigan, learned it in the Big Ten, came to the NBA, and now he's he's taking a ton of charges. That's been a positive, but defense outside of that, I think he's struggled in a lot of areas. And the Mavericks just. Maybe it's not complete fault of his own, but the Mavericks get destroyed defensively when he's on the court. The Mavs' offensive rating when he's on the court is about 121 points scored per 100 possessions. That's amazing. You love that. You take that for any player. But they also allow 121 points per 100 possessions on the other end. And So the defense has really struggled with him on the court as well. They haven't really figured out those bench units, at least defensively, how they can get those bench units to be respectable defensively. And Tim Hardaway Jr. has to be part of that at this point in the season. Then I take a look at some of the other six-man types from the past. You go, all right, what's an archetype that Tim Hardaway Jr. is? Can we compare him to any other players in the past? The way that he basically just fills it up as far as shooting, can shoot the lights out, but doesn't really give you a whole lot else. Doesn't give you a lot of playmaking. Defensively, doesn't give you a lot. There's been guys like that in the past. Who are they? Well, first comes to mind, you think of the great six men of the past. Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford. Lou Williams went to one Eastern Conference Finals in 2001 with the Hawks. And I'm looking at that Hawks team now and going, what the hell happened to that team because man, they are they're just it's just so weird looking back that they made it a conference finals run. Hopefully the Mavericks don't make it the same, don't make them make their Western Conference Finals run look the exact same as the Hawks are making theirs look right now. It just looks like a complete fluke from that team if you look at before and then after. It just seems weird. But still, Lou Williams, you know, as the sixth man, as the, you know, the great sixth man that he was, made that Eastern Conference Finals. So that's one in the positive well. Jamal Crawford, on his teams, only made the second round four times and never made it past the second round for his teams. Maybe you look at that and go, uh, you know, he didn't didn't play on great teams. So blah, blah, blah. Jordan Poole, I would look at him as a, a player in the Tim Hardaway Jr. ilk where, you know, he's shooting it up, taking a ton of threes, all that, not adding a whole lot else. His team won the finals in twenty 2020, twenty in 2022. He did start 51 of the 76 games. You know, whatever you want to call him. I feel like he was the sixth man of that team still, e- even just in, like, the essence or the vibes of what kind of a player he was. You look at Jason Terry, Jet for the Mavs, made the finals twice with the Mavericks in 2006 and 2011. And you look at what he brought to the table, and you're like, hey, I can, I can kind of see it that Tim Hardaway Jr. bring that. The problem with looking at all of those guys and saying, okay, they've had – Either limited to some, you know, to, to major success with uh, Poole and jet winning NBA finals. You look at, all right, these guys have had some playoff success and they're the same type of player that Tim Hardaway Jr. is. The problem for all of these guys and with Tim Hardaway Jr. is that Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, Jordan Poole, and Jason Terry all averaged between three and a half and four assists for their entire career. You're adding something else to the table. You're not just a take shots and live with live with whatever else is out there. Tim Hardaway Jr. is not doing that. Tim Hardaway Jr. is averaging 1.6 assists per game this season. Now, I've given him some credit for adding a little bit of playmaking here and there because it does, it stands out to me when it happens. But if you're looking at Tim Hardaway Jr. and saying, "Can you be that sixth man off the bench that can take it? Can be in the playoffs and can take us to that next level?" He just doesn't give you anything else besides that. And so for me, I think the Mavericks do have to make a trade. I think they knew that this summer. I think that's why Tim Hardaway Jr. thought that he was going to get traded this summer. And so for me, I think they do have to make a trade because you, you still have other needs on the roster. I think you can replace this shooting in some way, and especially if Luka and Kyrie are both going to be healthy. It negates that a little bit. They haven't been healthy, and so Tim Hardaway Jr. has been a godsend this season. The Mavericks would not be where they are without Tim Hardaway Jr. Like Those two things aren't mutually exclusive. They don't have to trade him, and he's been bad, right? Like I wouldn't, I don't think I would say both of those things. But I think for the future, going forward, if you want to make a title run, especially next year, I don't think you can do it with Tim Hardaway Jr. on the team, in the role that he is, with the the monetary slot that he's taking up in the in the cap. He's the third highest paid player on the team as of right now and i think that they, i think that they have to make a trade for something they have to acquire another skill set especially if you want to make a finals run you've got to acquire an elite defensive wing i've been on this forever you've got to add another one of those grant williams has not stepped up to be that guy derek jones junior has been solid but he has not he's not that elite guy that you really need to shut down some guys you saw what he did on anthony edwards tonight after he had a really good game against him the first time that they played uh, anthony edwards took it to him in this one Dante Exum has been pretty good, but he, I wouldn't even say that he's the elite defensive. you've got to have one of those guys that can lock down or at least can make the other uh, you know, opposing team star, whether it's a quick guard or a wing, make their life difficult, make their lives really, really hard. And the Mavs don't have one of those guys. Look back at all of the, the finals guys, like all the, the teams that have won finals. You have an Andrew Wiggins that's a you know, big wing that can do that. You have a Draymond Green. You have... A LeBron James. You have a Kawhi Leonard. You have guys like that that can make the life hard. Andre Iguodala. You have some of these guys that are just these elite defensive wing guard type guys. So if you're looking at Tim Hardaway Jr., looking at the game he had tonight, and you go, man, he's just been playing so well this season. I agree. I agree, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s been playing well. 32 points in this one, and he can fill it up off the bench. He's just not giving you enough, specifically defensively, and he's not giving you enough playmaking wise to say that I can look at him and go, You are going to be a player that can come off the bench for this potential finals team next season if that's the trajectory the Mavericks want to go on. I don't think he can do it. I think the Mavericks need to make a move, and that's why I think that the Mavericks will, this summer, package him with the three first-round picks they're going to have at free agency, and they'll make a a big upgrade. They'll, They'll do that going forward. That's my thoughts on Tim Hardaway Jr. Coming up, how did the Mavericks lose this game? They had a chance. They had a lead at certain points in the third quarter of this game. How did the Mavs without Luka and Kyrie almost win this game? We'll talk about that and more coming up. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize PrizePix Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Basketball season is here. Oh, I love it. Christmas Day. You just got to love it. Sitting there. I'm putting together a Lego set. I'm watching a bunch of NBA. It's just the best. Uh, they have a specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections. That includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. That's what, one of the great things about Prize Picks is you can combine different sports. You can do, like, you know, Luka Doncic points, Travis Kelsey, uh, receptions. You can do all kinds of stuff like that. So join the specials league, go to prizepicks.com slash locked See what's available for you. For example, you can go and pick, this is a real one. Uh, let's go. Do the, are the Pistons on here? I feel like I'm just drawn to the Pistons. Every time I go to one of these sites, I'm like, can I pick them in any way? No, they have Orlando versus the Knicks. That's a pretty good one. Uh, they've got, our old friend Jalen Brunson, 26.5 points against the Pistons. They've got a pretty good defense. I'm going to go less than that. Paolo Bancaro, 23.5 points. Give me more on Paolo Bancaro. Let me just throw one more in there. Our old friend Franz Wagner. Let me give him less than 23.5 points. If I put down 20 bucks on that, I can win 100 Just do that on prizepicks.com. And if you deposit 100 bucks into your account, they will match it up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked On Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. We appreciate each and every one of you. We've got a live 24-7 stream, Locked On Sports Dallas. If you want to go check out a Dallas-based show covering, man, we got pretty much everything, Locked On Cowboys, Locked On Rangers, Locked On Stars, Locked On Aggies, Locked On SEC, Locked On Longhorns. I'm I'm probably missing a bunch. There's just so many of us. Go watch the Locked On Dallas 24-7 stream on YouTube. You can watch it on Firestick TV, all that kind of stuff, Locked On Sports Dallas. And if you're watching us there right now, go check out Locked On Mavs on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. All right, Isaac, let's get into the rest of this game. Mavs find a way to lose this game, uh, 118 to 110. The Mavs lose the first quarter, 37-26, and then they win the second quarter, 30-24, to and then they lose the third quarter by two points. Nobody could get anything going offensively. In the fourth, but to me, this game started with Anthony Edwards just being super aggressive. He did not play well the first time these two teams matched up. Remember the game where it was Luca playing, Kyrie didn't play, and the Mavs almost got the win. And I just came in and said, Man, I feel really good about this matchup for Dallas. Anthony Edwards was held down by Derek Jones Jr. I'm like, that's not going to happen again. And it did not happen again. Uh, after a, a Mavs like, quick three to begin the game, M- Minnesota went on an 11-0 run. Anthony Edwards was just aggressive, aggressive early on in this one. How many points did he have in the first quarter? Uh, 14 points in the first quarter. He had like the, one of the first plays of the game. He just takes a drive right at, at Derek Lively, gets him to jump, fouls. Like He was just coming for blood in this game. Uh, and so Anthony Edwards being super aggressive was a, one reason why you look at this one and go, they just had, it just felt like they had no shot at times, as long as Anthony Edwards was going, because he's that good. I mean, if you want one reason why the Mavs need one of these like defensive wings that can lock somebody down or at least, at least like make their life really miserable. This game is one of those games because Luca and Kyrie shouldn't change that, right? You, their defense should actually be better if Luke and Kyrie aren't out there but they couldn't They couldn't stay in front of him. They kept fouling him. The Timberwolves took a million free throws in this game. Uh, they took 34 free throws in this game and made 25 on. The Mavs only got 19 free throws. And the refs were calling it tight. They were calling it really tight. It felt like the Timberwolves really couldn't adjust to that as much as the Mavericks did. But, again, I'll just start with Anthony Edwards was really aggressive early on. The Mavs couldn't really do anything about him. They, they were throwing all their wings out there. Derrick Jones Jr., Grant Williams. Uh, Josh Green, Dante Exum, like all the wings and none of them could do anything about it. Some of that is just Anthony Edwards being great. Some of that at the Mavs just couldn't keep with him. And then the Mavs on offense started 0 for 8 in the paint. They were down 8 to 20 in the first like 6 minutes of this game. They couldn't really get anything going offensively. If they didn't have a bad start like that offensively either, the Mavs may have had more of a chance in this game too because they ended up coming back and they ended up getting a lead. And this one they were down, what, 22 at a certain point in this game, or at 18, they were down 18 in this game at one point. Man, Mavs had, the Mavs had a chance. They should never have had a chance because the, Grizzly, the the Timberwolves were pretty much fully healthy. Anthony Edwards played, Rudy Gobert played, Carl Anthony Towns played, Jaden McDaniels played, uh, Mike Conley played. I mean, they were all in, but the Mavs kept trying to drive at Rudy Gobert, couldn't get the same kind of stuff that Luca can get at him. It felt like they were using the same game plan that they would with Luca, where just drive at him, hit a floater over him, make him make a decision. And you just cannot replace the playmaking of Luka Doncic. You just can't replace what he can bring at that point. Uh, another weird thing in the first quarter, uh, they took away a three. This is the another time that this has happened for the Mavericks. With about 41 seconds left, the Mavs hit a th- the Mavs hit a, another shot or a three themselves. It was supposed to be 27-37, and you're saying, okay, here we go. We got momentum. Only down 10 at this point, and then. They just took a three away from the Mavericks because they went back and looked at it, and Curry stepped out of bounds. It's the second time that I've seen that happen, and so that's something we got to watch out for going forward is that the score is not necessarily the score because apparently they can go back and change it at any given point. That's got to be really frustrating. I'm sure there's statutes of limitations on that where you just can't take away a three at any point in the game. Like In the fourth quarter, with five seconds left, could they go back and look at the first quarter and be like, oh, there's – there's this there's this three with the guy stepping out of bounds. We've got to take this away from them because that was just unfair to the other team. So uh Mavericks did end that quarter on a 12-2 run in that one, and you start to feel that was even without the Curry three. So you started to feel the fight in that one. Uh th- six Mavericks took three to four shots in the first quarter. And I'm focusing a lot on the first quarter because it really set the tone for this game. Timberwolves were much better. Anthony Edwards could get anything he wanted. Mavericks made some mistakes. But they were fighting back, and they fought back in this one. Um, You go into the second quarter, and this quarter was all about – this is the story of the game for me. The Timberwolves just shot themselves in the foot. I mean, took out a slingshot, pulled it back, and whacked. Just, like, whacked themselves right in the foot several times. So many turnovers in this one. The Timberwolves finished with 22 turnovers. That's the reason the Mavericks were in the game. I mean, honestly – you can try to give the Mavericks all you credit all you want. You can try and look at, oh, Tim Hardaway Jr., 32 points. Amazing. Derek Jones Jr., 15 points, 9 rebounds, 3 steals in this one. Uh, Dwight Powell, amazing game off the bench, 12 points and 14 rebounds. Like, you can just start going around and trying to give the Mavericks credit for this. To me, it was the Timberwolves just losing to themselves. <laughs>
1: the
0: Mavs took advantage of it. Give, give credit to the Mavericks for taking advantage of it, but the Timberwolves really shot themselves in the foot so many times. The refs were calling it really tight. The Mavericks were benefiting from that. Even though they didn't get a ton of free throws, they were able to get some stuff going. Uh, Timberwolves had eight turnovers within the first like 14 minutes of the game. Again, they finished with 22. They just were turning the ball over. The Mavericks were taking advantage of it. At halftime, the Mavs had, uh, what, 20 points off of turnovers. Timberwolves only had 12. They were just taking advantage of the Timberwolves making just dumb mistakes over and over again, feeling like they could just walk in and kind of do whatever they want against the Mavs' defense. And uh, mental mistakes by the Timberwolves. Mavs took advantage of it, and the Timberwolves were were jacking up or or nailing threes. 10 of 14 from three at halftime for the Timberwolves. The Mavs were only 6 of 14 in that one at at halftime, and that was was super big. But the real story of this game is the Timberwolves tried to screw themselves out of this win, and Anthony Edwards just pulled them out of it and said, hey – this is not going to happen. In the third quarter the Mavs took a lead at 8 minutes. They took it again at 6 minutes and you're like, "Oh my gosh, is this is this same thing going to happen with the Mavericks that happened with the Cavs the other night where this team with no stars on it that comes in and just out of nowhere says, "All right, we're going to beat this up. We're going to beat this other team even though we have no shot here." Uh and the Mavs had a chance. It felt like at, at that moment, 8 to 6 minute mark in the third quarter, the Mavs really had a chance to take advantage of this one. They just couldn't knock down any threes. The Mavs finished the game 14 of 33 from three, so that's 42%. That's pretty good, but to beat a team like this, you've got to hit better. The Timberwolves were 17 of 33. They hit 51% of their threes. The Mavs got outbeat. Uh, The Mavs lost the three-point battle by nine points and the free-throw battle by nine points. Math, that's it. You lose those like that, and you shoot 15 of 27 at the rim. You're not going to win many games like that, and they're definitely not going to win a game like this when they're uh, so, like, talent-beaten in this one. You start looking down the roster, and you go, all right, who's the... <laughs> when Stop when you get to uh, a, the Mavericks as having the best player. Uh, you go Anthony Edwards first. Then you probably go Bear, maybe. Then you go Towns. Either way. You can go either, either or with those two. And then you're like, all right, it's probably Jaden McDaniels, but you could put Tim in there. And then you're like... Okay, then it's then it's probably a bunch of Mavericks. <laughs> then it's like Conley, Kyle Anderson, uh, yeah, Nas. No, actually, you know what? Let me put Nas Reed right after Jaden McDaniels, and then probably the <laughs> probably the Mavericks. Nas Reed had some foul trouble early in this one, so he didn't play a lot. But I don't know. I think I might put Nas Reed before a bunch of the Mavericks in this one. Uh, Timberwolves had a ton more talent in this game. Mavs found a way to uh, just make it close. Timberwolves shot themselves in the foot a lot, but came down to the end um, and. The Mavericks just couldn't pull it out. They just didn't. They needed one more guy to really come out and have a big offensive game. Tim Hardaway had 32. Jaden Hardy had 17, but it was really inefficient, 17. No free throw attempts for him. And so you just look at that and go, they just needed one more guy. So why didn't they get one of those? Why isn't one of the young players? Are we worried about any of the young players right now? Let's talk about Lively's game. He struggled again. Jaden Hardy, no Omax in this game. Let's talk about those guys coming up. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has all kinds of props and odds that you can go check out and see what they have to offer. Go to FanDuel Sportsbook, uh, sportsbook.fanduel.com. You can go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and see what they have there. You can look at the uh, the odds for, the, uh, for games. They have NBA Finals odds. Where are the Mavericks in the Finals odds right now? The Mavericks are plus 2700. They're above the Thunder, the Heat, the Warriors, the Kings, the Cavs. That's pretty good. But they're behind. They're right behind the Timberwolves. That's funny. Timberwolves plus nineteen hundred. Mavs plus twenty seven hundred. They're right there, neck and neck with them. The only, the Suns are still plus a thousand. FanDuel, what are we doing? What are we doing with the Suns right now? Why are the Suns plus a thousand? Answer me that. I don't know. Clippers are plus twelve hundred. That one actually makes a little more sense. But the Suns plus a thousand, and the Mavs plus twenty seven hundred. That doesn't make any sense to me. Go check out fanduel.com slash locked on, see what's available for you. Again, fanDuel.com slash locked on. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us on Locked On Maps, being part of the show. Let's talk about these young players. We talked about Derek Lively the other night against Jarrett Allen and how the Mavericks ceiling is just lower because they have a rookie center. They just come up to limit. There's just limitations with it. Mentally, they're gonna, he's gonna hit a rookie wall probably at some point. A lot of rookies do. He's just not going to play as well against some of the better teams. The Mavericks raised their floor with Derek Lively, but they didn't raise their ceiling necessarily because Derek Lively is the center. He learns really quickly. And I think we're going to look at him from the end at the end of the season and say he's a lot better than he was at the beginning of the season. And we're already looking at the beginning of the season and saying, man, he's been pretty good at the beginning of the season. But struggle with fouls in this one. Had five fouls in this game. Only two points, four rebounds, two assists. He got a couple of turnovers and – he struggled against Rudy Gobert again. It's just a hard guy to play against. It's a hard team to play against with Anthony Edwards attacking. You've got Cat and Gobert playing this big man. They're a really good team. This Timberwolves team is really good. The Mavs didn't have a rest advantage in this one, which is was pretty crucial. Um, we'll talk about that in a second, maybe. But you look at you look at Derek jo- Derek Lively the second, and you say, "All right, well, if he's going to continue to be like this against some of these good centers, Jared Allen." And Rudy Gobert in back to back games. If he's gonna to continue to struggle, he's gotta get up to par he's gotta get up to par and figure this out a little quicker because you're putting a lot on his plate. Or the Mavericks need to find something different. Dwight Powell was something different in this game. I didn't mention really I didn't really mention him at all, but this was an amazing Dwight Powell game. Twelve points, 14 rebounds, six assists, two steals, a block. <laughs> he was a plus fifteen in the game the Mavs lost. Amazing Dwight Powell game. He was in the right place at the right time all the time in this one and just doing stuff, putting the effort and the hustle in. And every once in a while, if you're going to continue to put the effort and the hustle in, I think that the game pays you back. And I think this is one of those games where the game paid Dwight Powell back. I don't think Dwight Powell is the – I'm not saying Dwight Powell is the answer So to, well, Derek Lively. Derek Lively can't play against some of the best centers in the league, so just throw Dwight out there. Dwight has a ton more experience playing against some of these guys, though. He's definitely not the answer when it comes to the Mavericks. And I don't know that small ball is the answer to it either. The Mavericks just have to make a ton more threes. And if you have to make a ton more threes, your variance is just so crazy that it's not going to be consistent enough. The Mavs tried it in, uh, in 2020, 2021, 2022, and they went to the Western Conference Finals. And they won it on three-point variance that way. I just don't know if that's sustainable to play that kind of small ball like that and to do it. But for Derek Lively – um these are some of the the games he's gonna have against some of the, the better the better centers in the West. And I'm still waiting to see. And we also saw Derek Lively without Luka Doncic. It's gotta be a big thing. Derek Lively being this good, a lot some of it is on Luka Doncic being being really good and being really good with centers and being really good with any kind of like rangy center that you can throw out there. We talk, like Mavs fans talk about Mike Toby <laughs> during Slovenia games and say, why can't Mike Toby come over to the NBA and do what he's doing there? Luca just makes centers look good. He does. He's made Dwight Powell look good. He's made Rashawn Holmes look good at times this season. He's made Derek Lively look good. That's just what he does. He's really good at finding a center, finding the right kind of like pick and roll. Like you even see Lively set a screen that was called for an offensive foul. We hadn't seen that. We haven't seen that very often this season because Luca really knows how to let a center set the screen, get set, and then go. Like he just doesn't go too early. He doesn't try and rush it. He plays at his own pace and he can pinpoint a pass just perfectly where a player needs it. And he demands enough attention. He demands so many double teams that Lively has gotten just a ton of open buckets just because he takes that one dribble and turns off of the double team. And so Lively has definitely raised the Mavericks floor, and he's been very good this season, a lot better than a lot of us thought he would. He would be so far early this season, but we see it again. He struggles against some of the best centers in the NBA. And come playoff time, what's going to happen? He's gonna get some valuable experience, I think, and I think it's gonna be it would be a, it would be it's gonna be really fascinating to watch him in the playoffs and see what happens. Am I worried about Derek Lively? No, I know exactly what he is, and I'm totally satisfied with it. And I think the Mavericks just need to calibrate what they expect from this season if they're gonna have a rookie center like this. Jaden Hardy, seven of 18 from the field, 17 points, one assist, <laughs> no turnovers, but. He was, he was not going to be the point guard in this game. This was not a game where you want Jaden Hardy running a ton of pick and rolls and doing all that. And he it just wasn't going to be his game like that. And 7 of 18 is, you know, looks really bad. It's 39%. He hits two more of those shots, he's at 50%. So okay. I'm not I'm not freaking out about Jaden Hardy at this point. I just don't have him on the same trajectory that I had him before. I think that he can be a, you know, a fine scorer off the bench at times, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not sitting around waiting for him to take that leap that I thought maybe that he could have to be where Tyrese Maxey was last year. Anthony Simons was last year. Jordan Poole was last year. Like those guys all felt like they were at some kind of level. And I felt like Jort, like felt like Jaden Hardy could, could jump to where those guys were last year. Not necessarily where they are this year. Ty- at least Tyrese Maxey. Good Lord. He's where no one thought that he could be, but I'm calibrating what I'm thinking about Jaden Hardy too. Cause this is one of those games where you go, all right, show it. Show me what you got. And so it's going to take a little bit more time, and I'm willing to wait a little bit more time with Jaden Hardy. I don't know that they should throw him down in the G League because I don't know if that's going to give him the right kind of opportunity. Wish that he could just get more time in the NBA, just get more reps and just get more opportunity to run against actual NBA defenses. He's just not going to get it on this team. And so now you're stuck with this thing with Jaden Hardy where you go, all right, he's not going to get enough run on a team like this, unless it's a game like tonight where, you know, Luka and Kyrie are both out. He's just not going to get enough consistent run on this team to either build up some kind of trade value or to get for the Mavs to get anything out of it. So Mavs are in a tough spot with him. With Omax, he doesn't get any minutes in this game. Josh Green coming back now. Josh Green only played 14 minutes in this game. But now with Josh Green back, Derek Jones Jr. emerging, Dante Exum being good, Grant Williams needing time, like the, the wings are just kind of full at this point. And I don't know that the Mavs can can find any time for, for Omax. And that kind of stinks too because I wish he could get some more time because they need a bigger wing like this. It's weird. The Mavs have all these needs and then all these guys that are filling – like they're doing other things. <laughs> they're doing other things. It's, it is kind of a weird roster at this point with the Tim Hardaway, Hardy, Curry trio. And then you've got the XM Derek Jones Jr., um, Grant Williams, like Josh Green – like group that are like, some of them are like, like pseudo guards. Some of them are just wings. Some of them are pseudo. like, it's just a weird group of players, but I, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not sure what their, what their plan is with Omax right now. If they're not going to get him some time in games like this, I'm not sure what they're going to do with him. And so we'll just have to wait and see with him. I think we don't know. I think I would, I was expecting him to get some, some more consistent playing time at this point in the season. I mean, we're at the end of December, but we'll see. Jaden Hardy didn't really get full, You know, didn't get any real run until January last year. So, we'll see with that. That's what we got today. Let me know in the comment section what you think about Tim Hardaway Jr. and the Mavs trading him going forward. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!